0: Welcome to another episode of Spud Chat. This morning, we are uh, reviewing uh, our latest scouting meeting uh, that we had uh, here at the Potato Board office this morning. Uh, With me today to do our little recap, uh, as usual, is uh, Lorraine McKinnon with the PEI Department of Agriculture and Land. Hi, Ryan. Uh, Also, we have Eileen Beaton, uh, who is... uh, New, newly with the Department of Agriculture uh, in uh, uh, pest management and uh, agri environment. All right. And we, I have uh, my junior agronomist uh, Morgan uh, McNeil with me.
1: Hi, Ryan.
0: So um, reasonably upbeat uh, and uh, um, you know happy group on the call or in, in the meeting again today. Um, we're not seeing a whole lot of problems. Uh, out and about, uh, which has been sort of the, the, uh, the trend for the year. We're not seeing too much in the way of foliar disease and pests and that sort of thing. Uh, Lorraine, maybe just give us a couple of uh, tidbits from what we heard this morning. Yeah,
2: the highlights, I guess. Uh, as you said, the crop is, is still looking great. Right. I think, uh, you know, after quite a, a wet month of July, some sunshine and, and drier conditions were appreciated in the last 10 days or so. Um, I, I would say that there's you know uh, some areas where they are ready I guess for a, another little drink of water in the fields so um, but I think we'll probably see maybe some irrigation systems up and running in in this week and uh, hopefully continue to get some timely rains in august but
0: so. and on that uh, Lorraine I know uh, Morgan you uh, working on just a, we do a monthly weather report just in here for our own purposes and that sort of thing but I think the The July numbers were sort of somewhere around 50% ahead of normal on rain in July, right?
1: Yes, it was quite wet in July compared to the recent previous years.
0: Yeah. So, and a little bit less up west, uh, or west of O'Leary, I'd say. And then some places down eastern PEI, they're probably almost, probably closing in on double of normal July rainfall. So, um, it's, uh, you know, there definitely is some wetter spots than others.
2: Yeah, and I I guess, you know, what we're seeing, I mean, some varieties are just kind of living out their natural lifespan and uh, starting to, nobody really wanted to use the term go down because there's, you know, it's not really a stress situation or they're, they're certainly not senescing or dying, but it's just how the crop sort of just kind of settles down after, you know, a period of very strong, vigorous growth. It just kind of lays down a bit, I guess. Um, And there's some varieties coming to their lifespan. And then, of course, uh, the creamer crop, for example, where they just want the tiny little potatoes, they don't want them to keep growing. You know, most of that crop will probably be top-killed by the end of this week and getting ready for harvest.
0: Yeah, we heard from uh, one of the uh, folks that works with uh, growers that grow creamers that they have maybe up to about half of their fields top-killed already. Um, And I know driving around, last week and on the weekend I definitely saw some of those fields and there was a lot of a lot of top to kill uh, in a lot of those fields but they are did get a pretty good browning on them so um, but yeah you're right with those creamers it's important to you know stay on top of them they can't get too big so uh, or they start uh, getting out of the ideal range Um, but in general like we've we heard you know we didn't hear many concerns with um, pests the odd little bit of Colorado potato beetles around Mostly field margins and edges of fields, and you know where necessary people are taking action, but really nothing too uh, to be too concerned about. Talked a little bit more about you know uh, some of those wet spots that we mentioned last time uh, that are maybe starting to show up a little bit more, and they're really showing up right now when the rest of the foliage is healthy, but the wet spots are not so much. Um, so it's a good time for growers to maybe flag those spots and make uh, plans accordingly. Lorraine mentioned the, as well that the aphid numbers so far on the aphid alert have generally still trended to be low. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were saying somewhere around less than two per trap, right? Lorraine? Yeah,
2: uh, this past week. So we sort of divided up into the east, west, and central district on PEI. And this past week, the highest number um, for an average number of aphids per trap was 1.58. And again, it's still well below last year's numbers and, and even kind of a trend for the last few years and uh, probably just because of that weather in July, again, uh, aphids like hot, dry weather. So it hasn't really been their heyday this year.
0: No. Um, in terms of foliar diseases, of course, we still are seeing no late blight in PEI or New Brunswick, no spores, no uh, evidence. There has been some reports in other places here and there of some spores or some very small infections, but they've been either contained or very sporadic. So... Here in the Atlantic region, we seem to be doing quite well that way. Um, on the early blight and brown spot side, I find the, the the numbers seem to go up and down. They vacillate a little bit, uh, but generally, in terms of the what we're seeing in the field, not seeing too much evidence of problems either, uh, and where there is a little bit, it's kind of you know a little bit in the bottom of the leaves and that sort of thing, nothing to get too worried about. Um, Eileen and Morgan, you guys were out last week, um, starting ratings a little bit for um, our CanpedNet project that we do, uh, with uh, Cadian Hort Council and other partners, and you're scoring some uh, fields for um, early dying, um, verticillium wilt and, and, and early dying. Maybe you guys, uh, Eileen, first you can give us a little bit of an idea. I know you went up with Morgan, did a few fields uh, up west, and maybe you know let us know what you saw, you know, in some of those ratings.
2: Sure. So ratings overall were fairly low, with um, symptoms being around uh, well between zero and fifteen percent of the entire plant. Um, so it was definitely nice to see those ratings low. And um, looking forward to um, seeing those ratings throughout the season.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to see, you know, right now we see some yellowing on some of those bottom leaves, but, you know, sometimes they are verticillium and sometimes they're just sort of natural yellowing, eh, Morgan?
1: Yes. And I was in two fields in the eastern region of the province on Friday. And I've seen some water-soaked lesions on some of the lower leaves, so conditions might have been a little wetter there compared to some areas west in the province. But generally speaking, the numbers are quite low, and so far, we're pleased.
0: So far, so good. So our plan with that project is we do uh, ratings about every two weeks uh, on those fields from now till the end, until harvest, basically, or until foliage is dead. And then we'll be doing harvest samples in those fields as well. Uh, And those fields that were already tested for uh, verticillium and nematodes in the soil last fall and again this spring. So that project is really about trying to line up what level of damage is associated with what level of verticillium and nematodes and really trying to build those threshold levels. And that's a project that Um, ourselves at the board and the department cooperate on and it's part of a national project so uh, hopefully we're building some good capacity and some good data there as well so we'll be doing more of those ratings through the summer and between Eileen and Morgan and me we'll probably divvy up those fields and and, uh, get them done so that each of us doesn't have to do eight fields. (laughs) Um, Morgan you've been out in about two Uh, doing a few visits for me and also checking up on some of the living lab fields. What are you seeing in terms of some of the other crops and some of the rotation crops and that sort of thing?
1: Yes, um, so far everything's doing quite well. We have a few trials this year in mustard and radish comparisons against a standard Czech crop such as ryegrass. And so far the crops are fairly tall, thick, um, they look very healthy. I felt some of the little pods last week and they're still a little bit soft and like liquid inside of them. But I think they're going to be close to mowing them quite soon, incorporating them. Um, and then we had a few trials this year where we compared like an underseed hay or a grass to an annual crop such as pearl millet or sorghum Sudan. And all those crops have been doing fairly good as well. So I'm very pleased.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, the plan on those fields, of course, is they're in a lot of those fields are in rotation crops this year and they'll be in potatoes next year. Um, so and then the ones that were in rotation crops last year, of course, we'll be digging potatoes in this year. So we should have a, a bunch more data to share with everybody on those trials again uh, this fall as well. In general, uh, I, we just talked a little bit about, you know, how things are progressing and maybe what we see uh, for the next couple of weeks and how the crops, you know, starting to bulk with sun last week and this week and and adequate moisture in a lot of fields hopefully we'll start seeing some big movement on uh, on bulking in some varieties Lorraine what what else are you hearing in terms of you know just the progression of the crop
2: uh well we d- we did have you know there's uh, some folks around the island that do 10 foot strips and they do uh some digs and they do some weighing and they start that early in the season and I would say that uh You know there's been gain with the sunshine in the last couple of weeks and i think that that's going to continue to uh be measured i guess in in the coming weeks um in in the weather conditions are coming together with that balkan time so it looks like yeah we're hoping for lots of gains and uh, a uniform tuber set too people are saying that there's good numbers of tubers and uh and good uniformity
0: Yeah, we talked a little bit um, about even just how things are looking at our own seed farm up at Fox Island. And uh, I would say we're ahead of schedule. And actually, we're going to start killing this week uh, on a few varieties because we're kind of getting to the maximum size that we want uh, on some of those varieties. They're already sort of topping out where we want them to be. Um, And actually, there's a couple varieties in particular where We've got some eight and ten ounce tubers already in some of those varieties, which is probably more than we need. So um so yeah, I'd say generally things are ahead of schedule. Um I know I dug some Dakotas last week in a couple fields. And I mean, this time last year the Dakotas were just hanging on waiting for rain and and of no amount of size and this year they're probably twice the size that they were last year with more sets so um, I think there's there's definitely room for optimism and I know one person on the call said one of the challenges may be finding enough sheds to put them all in so Mm -hmm. hopefully that's more the case (laughs) than the other way and hopefully they can get put away in good condition and uh, not causing quality issues so Anyway, uh, I guess that pretty much wraps up uh, what we heard. As I said, mostly it's positive news and people in pretty good trim. And uh, hopefully the weather and the conditions remain good for the rest of the growing season. And uh, and hopefully we're going to put a good crop in the bins here uh, before too long. Thanks, Lorraine and Eileen and Morgan, for joining me this morning. And uh, we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks,
1: Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. we